Okay, let's begin our discussion of Parshas Vayera. Uh, today's shear is sponsored Le'ili uh, Nishmas, Dr. Milton Cook, Moshe Ben Yosef, by Arthur and Linda Cook and family on his 60th yard site, which is Tez Zion Cheshvan. We thank uh, the Cook family for the sponsorship. Okay, let us get into Parshas Vayera and Tavshin Pei Gimel. And we start off with Rav Yosef Nechemya Kornitzer. We start off with the last Rav in Krakow, the great Darshan, great-grandson of the Chassam Sofer, the father-in-law of, of Shabsi Frankel, of uh, Rambam fame. But he comments on the first Pasuk, Hashem appears to Avraham in Elo Amre, the only time that Hashem appears to someone that doesn't say a word. Right? He just appears. That's why Chazal are bothered, and Rashi quotes it, Sometimes when you go visit somebody who is ill, um, it's not about what you say. It's just about being there. And maybe Hashem mir- uh, comments, uh, co- uh, mirrors that for us and models that for us, and we have to learn from that too. So, so Rashi picks up on the word Yoshev and says, Yashavtiv. Yoshev is spelled without a vav, right? Chaser vav, right? As if it says Yashav. He, he sat down. Not that he was sitting, he sat. Like he was going to stand, he sat. Bikesh Lamod, says Rashi, he wanted to stand. No, no, no. Shave va'ani amot. No, you sit and I'll stand. And this charade, so to speak, will be a simon to your descendants. Just like I'm standing and Avram, I'm telling you that you should sit. So this will be just like in the future when I'm going to be standing in the Bezdin, and uh, you will be sitting, the judges will be sitting. Hashem's Shechina is always in a Bezdin. So Hashem is standing there, so to speak. That Hashem is, so to speak, standing uh, in the congregation of Hashem in a Bezdin. Okay, wonderful. Yashav, it's a remez. What is the connection between Avram Avinu here sitting at the, at the tent of the Ohel and in the future, Jews are going to have a Bezdin and Hashem is going to be in the Bezdin and Ke'ilu, Hashem is going to be standing and the Jews are going to be sitting. So, in great Darshan um, Derech, uh, Rabbi Yosef Dechemi here, in source number one, gives us a drush. He quotes the Rashi, and he says, on line five. Right, why here? Why Dafka here do we have the Remez to judges? So, he says, maybe it's based on the Yalkut on the Pasuk. Says the Yalkut on the Pasuk, he paraphrases it, so I didn't give it to you inside. Yalkut Khan, She Yeshivas Avram Avinu Lavashalam Pesacha Oel. What did it say? Avram Avinu sat at the doorway of the tent. Pesacha Oel. Kechom Hayom, at the heat of the day. This is a remez to something in the future that Avram is going to sit at the doorway when it's really hot. What is that? A remez to? The Yalkut on this Pasik. Bepesach Gehenim. Hashem's going to, uh, Avram Avinu is going to sit at the Pesach of Gehenim. Laaset Lavo, where it's really hot. And, Anyone, talking about the males at least. Right, we're talking about bris milah. He just got a bris milah. So anyone who has a bris milah, Avram's going to save. Avram's going to save. He's not going to let them go down. That schus of having bris milah, that, that os that a person has forevermore. The pasuk in Malach. So that's the pasuk on the on that's the medrash on the on the pasuk. So what does it have to do with us? So he says, "V'al zeshap, you're line twelve." Amar bikeish lamod, mipnek fodesh lakadosh baruch hu. 
So what does that mean? This whole where he's sitting, Kachom Hayom, is a remez that where he's going to be sitting in the future. And that's why when HaKadosh Baruch Hu comes, he, so to speak, wants to stand. What does that mean he wants to stand? Ki hayanidon bedaito. Avram Avinu, maybe as the first Jew, already has plans to do this. And Maisa Avos, this isn't even sitting on Lebanon. Maisa Avos, Simon, what the Av is going to do in the future. He's sitting at the doorway where it's really hot, and he's thinking to himself, that's what he's going to do. He's going to save everybody from Onesh, because they have a bris milah. So he thinks to himself, is that really appropriate? Does Hashem want me to save everybody? Maybe some people are deserving of Onesh. Maybe some people, there should be din. So to speak, maybe I should stand, maybe what I'm planning to do is not the best thing. You know, it's like, uh, just have this. Obviously, there's going to be uh, some type of, of Mida Kenegan Mida, but the schus of Brismila. So, so to speak, Avram Avinu thinks to himself, maybe I should stand up and I shouldn't sit there. And I should stand up for the covenant of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, because... Right? To, to get, let everybody off scot-free after they really deserve something? What does the Kaddish Baruch Hu say? You could sit. You could sit. Not just here you could sit. But you could sit at the Pesach of Gehenim. Ki Because this is exactly what I want. I want the great leaders of Klai Yisrael to always be Malamed Tzchus on their children. That's what a leader is. V'zeh Kvoda, you think about it. You know, sometimes, you know, a parent is the one that sees the goodness in a child. Sometimes there could be a teacher and a principal. And then the, the parent is the one. Is Malam Yitzchus. So here, <laughs> Kodesh Baruch Hu says, that's what a tzaddik does. I, I respect that. When a tzaddik stands up and, and stops the potential punishment. So now he says, if Avram Avinu, again, was told to sit by Kodesh Baruch Hu, don't worry, you stay there, you're good. Because you're protecting my children from Gehenim, Mida Kenegad Mida, Hashem says, I'm going to protect you. What does that mean? Mida Kenegad Mida. Asra Kadesh Baruch Lashalim Labanov. Shigam Hu Yisbarach Yishmarim. Milecha Lipo Belach Gehenim. He's going to protect. Why? Because what does the Gemara say? A Dayan has to be so focused. A judge in a court has to be so focused as if, what's the language of the Gemara? Ki'ilu Gehenim Pasuach Mitachtov. As if Gehenim is under. As if he's going to fall in if he makes the wrong psaac. Because he's playing with people's lives. He's playing with people's money. playing with whatever it is. So a dynast to realize the severity of what he's involved in. So, says HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you, Avraham, you're sitting and protecting my children. I'm going to, I'm going to sit and protect children too. I'm going to be amongst the Dayanim that are sitting on the Pesach Gehenim. I'm going to give them special siyata deshmaya to be able to Come up with the proper judgment. Hashem's going to be there. And they're not going to fall into the depths. You are now saving those from Gehenim. Don't worry, I'm going to save you too. And you can sit because it's a good thing. It's a good thing. So without the medrash on the pasuk, you know this wouldn't this wouldn't be understood. But now we understand what's the midah connected midah, right? The dayanim, based on the fact that Avram Avinu was going to save again. A message could be for us besides a fascinating drush, but Kodesh um, Baruch who always always wants us to be malamitzchus on each other. 
on Kalal Yisrael. Right, I once saw, I think at Bashem a couple of weeks ago, I saw uh, just a Dvar Torah lying around one of these sheets that they give out at Bashem of Avigdor Miller. Vavarecha Mavarechecha. Right, it says that at the beginning of last week's parsha. Right, I will bless those that bless you. Right, that's what a Kaddish Baruch Hu tells Avram Avinu. Right, Vavarecha Mavarechecha. Third pasuk in Lech Lecha. I will bless you. I will bless those that bless you. We have to try to go and give everybody brachas because the more people we give brachas to, the more Kaddish Baruch Hu is going to give us a bracha. Right? We go around and, and helping others, right? it's midah kenegah midah, whatever we do for others, the Kodesh Baruch Hu wants to do for us. We have to try to do that. That's what a leader is. Protects, helps, tries to prevent, but if something happens, even to tries to always see the good in the, in the children. Okay. Moving right along. In this exciting parsha. Again, voracious, every parsha is jam-packed. But here we go. So we have the story of the Malachim. They come visit and Vayomar Hashem or Ado Noichol Machlokas Im lo Avram runs out and says don't leave. Either he says to the right, Rashi quotes the two days, either he's talking to the head of the contingent, don't leave, or he says to Hashem, don't leave, I'm going to bring in the Archim, and so tomorrow in Shabbos, you learn from here, greater is to go get guests, because Avram Avido left Hashem in order to be Makabel the guests. But what happens? So he says, don't leave. Yukachna, that's the passive. Let Mayim be taken. Let water be taken. Yukachna. What's Yukachna? Rashi, al Right, Yukach is a lashon. He didn't do it himself. Avinu did not get the water himself to pour on the feet of the travelers or to give them even to drink later. No, it was taken. Rashi, ayidei shliach. Va'akadosh baruch hu shilem lebana ayidei shliach. This water was taken through a shliach. Avram gave the water. He didn't do it himself. Obviously, it was taken. Yukach. He t- told somebody to bring water to these guests as a mida connected mida there. Later on in history, Hashem gave water to us, meaning what? The man we got straight from Hashem. The water? No. Came from the rock. It came through a shliach. If you look in the Gemara, Rashi is just quoting part of the Gemara. If you look in source number two, the middle of source number two, the Gemara Babatia Pevav, let's see the larger quote. Amar Marav. Everything that Avram Avinu performed for the Malachim himself, right? So Hashem later in history did himself. And everything Avram did not do directly, so we received indirectly. So, for example, right? Avram ran to the cattle, and the, the, the ruach came straight, right, and brought the uh, I think it was the slav. Everything that's the man, right? Everything that was direct, direct. Right, that was through a shliach. So the question is, ask the Eish Tambit, Rav Druk. Yesh la'yein, line five. Who did he have bring the water? That's another Rashi. Who did he have bring the water? Yishmael. 
right? His son. He had Yishmael bring the water. He was training Yishmael to help out with guests and to and uh, bring water to guests. That's so bad. You get a little tinge of negativity here. If you did it through a shliach, so you're only going to get paid through a shliach in the, in the future. Isn't this what we do? We try to train our children, our grandchildren. We try to train our families to, uh, to act in a certain way. Yesh la'ayin. Matuo hisa tfi'alav. Kivan sh'asa kenadi shliach she'i b'no yishmael. He did it through yishmael. V'ahaya v'asa kenadi l'chan chavimitzvus. He did it to be b'chanik b'mitzvus. U'kumo sh'nem ar'shanatan l'nar l'chan asabasar avar malachim. The meat. He did he did three Yishmael. But his stomach, the meat was three Yishmael, so who else? How many people were around there? Right, people came to visit, but it doesn't sound like there was anybody else living with them at the time. So what was the kapeta? Why does it seem like, you know, Avram shouldn't have, should have done it all himself. Venira Lavar says the Ishtamid, a crucial thought. And again, it's about the balance. The thought that Chazal is trying to get, teach us here um, has to be taken with many other thoughts. Um, obviously, chinuch means training and having involvement with with the uh, with the family members. But there's also another idea. The Nira Levar Shekasha rotsim lachanech esaben ikar achinuchu al yidei sheyire dugma ishit v'lo betzivu sheyase. The greatest chinuch is by personal example. I do it, Mamela, they'll do it. Because they'll see. It's not just I'll say, you do this. If you want to be Machanachim, maybe there weren't so many opportunities here, but if you want to be Machanachim, you do it, and he'll learn from you. Maybe even here in the difficult situation, and he wasn't feeling well. And that was a little tfiyah, because ultimate chinuch has to be by way of example. Again, we're not saying here that whenever any guest comes, the father should do everything, and the mother should do everything, and the kut should just watch. There's a balance, but, but they have to be part of it. They can't have the children, the grandchildren do everything, because then, you know, do as I say, not as I do. And he says, maybe that's the pshat of a beautiful pshat in the Pasuk that we've quoted often, but we never, never really thought about it. Right, the Pasuk says, in this week's parsha, right, a little bit later in the parsha, right, right after Shani, the Pasuk describes why Hashem loved Avraham. We spoke about this in the past, beautiful chasam sofer, but why did Hashem love Avraham? Line 16, because I know that he commanded he taught his children to follow the way of God. So why do I love Avram? Because he taught his, his children and, his, and everybody around. He taught them. He taught them how to serve Hashem. He was, I'm sorry, he was mitzaveh, to be exact. Ask Rav Druk, do we find any Pasuk that Hashem told Yishmael, Yitzchak, what to do? Do we find any pasuk like that? Hari b'shum We don't find any pasuk. You know what the answer must be? He taught them and he commanded them through his own actions. 
through his own life, that itself was the greatest sivui in the world. And it's even more effective than any other uh, explicit sivui. When the, when the children see the son, when the, the children see the father do something, that's the greatest teaching. That's the greatest teaching in the world. They might not. They might not act based upon it right away. It could be 10 years, 30 years. But they'll remember what the father did. And that will be the greatest. That's Kiyetzave. Where's the Yitzave? His life. His life is the Yitzave. And then he quotes a thought that we've quoted often in a different parsha, a Rav Schwab from Parsha's Naso, if you remember. He quotes it here. It's from the Mayan Beis HaShoeva where the Haftorah for Parshas Naso discusses the birth of Shimshon. Eishas Manoach, remember the story, an angel appears to Eishas Manoach, right? you're going to have a child, she runs to her husband, the husband says, I don't believe you, or where is it, what do we do? So the story is told. So if you remember, look at the Psukim, you have it there on, on line number 9 and 10. The Malach says to the woman, you're going to have a child. Because you're going to have a child and that child is going to be a Nazir, a special type of Nazir called Nazir Shimshon, right? The only type of Nazir like it. Don't drink wine. He's going to be a Nazir. Your son's going to be a Nazir from birth. And therefore he's got to be a Nazir even in utero. And therefore, this is how you have to act. And he's going to save Klai Yisrael. What happens? She goes to her husband, and she repeats to her husband what the Malach said. I'm going to have a son. And then what happens? Okay, we're not going to focus on that. Go to the next one, line 23. Manoach says, right, what was Manoach's wife's name? Eishas Manoach. That's all it says in the, in the uh, Psukim. Chazal tell us in Boabas what exactly uh, the, her name was. Not for now. Please, I want to see the Malach again. The Yorenu Manasil and I want to know what to do with the child. That's strange. Didn't, didn't his wife already hear from the Malach? You know, what to do with the child? He's going to be a Nazir. No wine. But Hashem listened to Manoach's voice. And and he came again. He came. What am I supposed to do with this kid? Asks Manoach. Right. I told your wife already. Right? Whatever I told whatever I told her. And the question that Rav Schwab asks is, what was said new in the second time that wasn't said the first time? Right? The Malach told Aishas Manoch everything. She comes to tell Manoach, Manoach's like, I don't know what to do. It seems like the same exact thing was told to Manoach that was told to Eishas Manoach. Says Schwab, unbelievable. You could translate Tafshin Memresh, 
as you, Tishmar, you shall guard, or she shall guard. So what does it mean here? It says of Shrab, what Manoach was really bothered by was, how do you expect me to raise a Nazir if I'm not a Nazir? That's what he was asking the Malach. How could I raise him into something that I am, I'm not? Doesn't chinuch mean you have to mirror, you have to model? So how am I supposed to do it? That's what Manoch was really bothered by. And you know what the answer is? You're right. You, not she, you have to be a Nazir. Because that's what it takes to raise a Nazir. How can you be to be a nazir if the parent doesn't follow the Malach says that's exactly the point. on the bottom. himself, and that's the same Yisod that we learned from Avram Avinu, and that was the little, the slight taina that Chazal have on Avraham when it's yukach. Instead of instead of you tikach. Okay, let's continue. So the malachim come and they talk. Right, it's the first thing they say. Right, Avram sees them. Please don't leave. They don't answer. Right, they don't answer anything. You got It's Avram talking. Finally, they say, hey. The first thing they said, fine, do it. Then Avram did it, and now they come. They knew he had a wife. Maybe he told them already. Maybe not every conversation is said. Where is Sarah? She's in the tent. She's in the tent. Where were they? Outside the tent, eating. Hine ba'ohel. Says Rashi, Hine ba'ohel. Vayomer love, Hine ba'ohel. Says, I will just read it from here. Yodim hayu malachay ashares. Sorry, you may know hechan haisa. Right? They knew where she was. Elohodia shed snuah haisa. Ktilachabava al baila. Vikasha vikilo yada avram arata shed snuahi. What does that mean? Avram didn't know up until now that that uh, she was at snuah? What's the emphasis? What's the emphasis on on this? Right, the, that's the end of the Rashi. So ask the Chaye Moshe, or Moshe Bik. We quoted from the Sefer in the past. Let's try to get to the depths of this Rashi, based on a question with the following Pesukim. It said back in last week's parsha, Parshas Lech Lecha. Vayatek misham haara, mikedem lebeitel. Avram traveled, mikedem lebeitel. Vayet ahala, mikedem beitel. Miyam vaai mikedem. Seems like a little repetitive. Right? They already went, and then he set up his tent. If it says where he left already, we said we left Beitel. So if you're traveling, obviously Beitel is going to be on one side of you, and I is going to be on the other side of you. Similar question is asked by Rashi in the beginning of Ayetze. Like, why does he have to repeat the places? What do we have to know where Avram set up his tent for? Exactly this place. He went somewhere in Eretz Yisrael and he started uh, opening shop. 
Says the Chayim Moshe, you know what you learn from this Pasuk? Again, a little Alderic Drush, but you learn the unique new Avodas Hashem that Avram Avinu brought to the world. That was unheard of before Avraham. It was unheard of. And this continues at in terms of Judaism versus other religions. Avinu was not about self-infliction and and uh, starving oneself and rolling around in the snow. No, serve Hashem in with Gashmias. The great righteous people before Avram, Lo Yadu, Right? He did not, they did not know that. They didn't realize that. How do you serve Hashem? Meditation and and uh, pulling back. What did Avram do? He opened up restaurants. Right? He had food. He invited everybody over for Chalant and Kugel on Thursday night. That was Avram Avinu. He was the first one to do that. Right? That was his A-shell. doesn't say he opened up a base medrash. They thought the physical was just to be Mikhaim the Guf. The earlier people couldn't bring up the generation because they had a different type of avoda which wasn't the one that was going to bring everybody up. They thought you have to be spiritual totally in order to connect to Hashem. Avram Avinu says no. Eat and thank Hashem and make a bracha. Serve Hashem in this world. What do you think he created the world for? Who is the first one to be Makadesh the Chomer? Who is the first one to sanctify the physical? Adam. No. Noach. Avram Avinu. He brought that message to this world. That you can live a sanctified life as a, as a human being, celebrating our human beingness. Right? Not, not rejecting it. Right? The, uh, to recognize that the guf and the neshama can work together. And it's not that we have to reject as much of the guf as possible to be a better neshama. Says, and that's, remember the Babasra Ayindala, the Rabba Barafuna stories. So one time there was a certain merchant, Hautaya, met Rabba Barafuna and said, Let me show you, let me show you on the horizon where heaven and earth meet. So what's the message? All of those Gemaras have that whole Daphne of Agadita. There are messages. Let me show you where heaven and earth meet. Meaning, because I know you Jews are where heaven and earth meet. I know that's the avoda of Judaism. In the shul, in the base letters, that's in the Shamayim. And in the outside, it's it's Ochel, it's Gashmiim. But where heaven and earth meet, that's that's us. 
Right? That's where that's where we're focused. We have to make sure we have the proper balance. We can't have too much earth, right, in the heaven area. So we have to make sure it's a proper balance. But that's the Gemara Basra, what Rabbah Barafuna was told. That's what he quotes from the Maharsha in Perki Avos. It's literal. It's literal. You can eat, you can enjoy. What does all this have to do with us? Let's get back to the Pasuk. Where did Avram put his tent? Avram put a tent between Beit El and I. What does Beit El symbolize? What does I symbolize? Beit El miyam v'ayim ikadam, on the bottom left. Shahisa ahalo natua l'romim es hadvarim agashmi amurumas batevas I. I, I, we find elsewhere, means desert, means mundane. Churva, even desolation, physically. Tzio shmama. Right, by themselves, Gashmias has no inherent value. It's thorny. That's Maramizal. Spirituality. You put them together, that's where Avram's tent was. It was between Beit El and I. To connect Shemayim Va'aretz. And to bring it up, Right, that is why he put his tent there. And that's why also now he continues and says on the next page, The Pasuk also teaches us, says the Chayim Moshe, what does it say, that he, which tent did he do? Ahala, her tent. Her tent. His wife's tent. Because Avram realized that the basis, the Akeris Habayas, her tent, his tent, they had separate tents, but either way, the mother... Sarah Imenu, she was the key. She was the key to this whole avoda, the whole enterprise that he was trying to build. He quotes many, many related chazals. And now we get back to the earlier question and now we understand what the Malachim are asking. Line 16. What is that? What is that saying? Avram recognized that your tent is about Sari Imenu. She's the basis. Avram recognized the Malachim teach him. That she's the basis of everything. And because she's a tsnuah and she's the personality that she is, that's why your mission has been and will be successful. Because that's what we have to recognize. It's part of why the women light the Shabbos candles, even though the men and the women have the same exachiv. But uh, this is the Chayim Moshe. Again, the avoda of Avraham, the new avoda that Avraham Avinu brought to the world, and how it connects to Sarah Imenu as well. Okay. A couple, and I'm sure it was last week or two weeks ago, there was a Zerah Shimshon on the sheet that I did not get to do. So I felt bad that we didn't get to do it. I said, feel free to do it, but how to get a Zerah Shimshon in again. So on this week's Parsha, the Zerah Shimshon, again, one of the great Italian, um, I think of the Italian uh, 18th century Rabbanim, who again didn't have it. He had one child who, who predeceased him, and therefore his, his safer is the Zerah Shimshon. This is his child, and he promises all those that study it and learn it, Yeshua's and Nechamos. So everybody should have Yeshua's and Nechamos through all the learning. 
but special school of the Zerashimsha. See, he talks about Chachnas's Orchim, because that's the Parsha. We have Chachnas's Orchim twice in the Parsha. Avram Avinu, obviously, of what do we, be, we have been talking about. And we have later on even Lot. Lot does Chachnas's Orchim as well. See, he quotes, he quotes two Gemaras, he tries to put them together about Achnas's Orchim. But then he relates it in a, in a larger way. Says the Gemara in Brachas and Daphnun Ches. I gave you the Gemara. You can look at it after. It's all Gemara in source number nine. But he quotes the Gemara that we're doing now. He says, What does a good guest say? What's the attitude of a good guest? Says the Gemara. Wow. The Palabayas did so much for me. Wow. So much wine. He schlepped. Kama Basar, Kama, he went to the store to get me meat. Kama Gluskos, treats, heavy, lefnei. Kama Shadorah Balabayas, Lodorah Kalabishvili. He did so much for me. Appreciates him. Wow. What an amazing guy. Oreach Rama, Omer. What does a bad guest say? Ma Torah Shadorah Balabayas, Ma Yain Havi. Kama Shadorah Lodorah Kalabishvilishto. He went shopping for his family. What, for me? What did he do for me? I ate a little bit. He did it all for himself. He didn't really have to do any extra. Yeah, he basically did it. Basically did it for himself, and I just like tagged along. So the good guest is the one that tells everyone how amazing the host was. Asks the Zerashimshom, but one second. There's another Gemara. There's another Gemara that says that if you had a great host, you shouldn't be so so uh, supportive publicly and so praising. Because what's going to happen if I go tell everybody what a great host the person was? So it's like, imagine, you know, you have somebody who's a, a, a stuck-up collector and he goes and tells all his friends, you know what so-and-so gave me? That, that person won't be able to sleep that night. The door will be knocked, uh, be knocked on the whole night. That's what the Goran Arachin says. Gezer of Dimi, my deceive, mavarech re'eu b'kol gadol, de'ik lelushpisa v'tarchu kamei shapir, you go to a place and somebody works hard for you, l'machar yafik, yaseh b'shuka v'yamar, and he says, rachman alivrachi l'planya, so Hashem should give so-and-so a bracha, because he did so much for me. You can't say that. Because then his whole house is going to be mobbed. So is it a good thing or is it not a good thing? To spread the word. So the Zereshimshon says, it never says in the first Gemara that you have to go tell the world. It's that you need to recognize it. Right? We need to recognize the goodness that other people do for me. It doesn't mean I have to spread it around. The ikker is the internal. And he says, Omer Omer doesn't have to mean verbally. Omer can mean belibo. Omer can mean belibo. On the top of the source number eight. Right? Belibo. That's the ikr we have to recognize. Because it's so easy, and he continues and talks about how the Eight Sahara tries to, tries to get us to not appreciate things that other people do for us. Yeah, they, he had to do it anyway. What did he do? He was going to the store anyway. So he picked up a few things for the shul. We try to minimize the greatness of other people. Right? We have to do the opposite. We have to maximize even the little things. We have to make them great. To make little things great. We, a number of years ago, that we quoted a, a, a line from Rabbi Yerucham. Rabbi Yerucham said, Parsha Shmos, he's talking about Shifra and Pua, if you remember. Great people take little things and make them great. Little people take great things and make them little. 
If you have somebody who's great, they could take, they could take something that is like so minor, so little, and they could turn it into something unbelievable and they could make it so exciting. And then you can have somebody who has, has something awesome, something, somebody who's little. The rabbi gives an awesome drasha with one little comment after the drasha, he could poke a hole and the late sunnas could ruin it for everybody. But we have to be great people, and if we have to make little things even great, but especially when it comes to other people, viewing what they do for us. And he says, you know how I know this is right? It's not about telling other people, but it's about, it's about an internal recognition. Because look at the five lines right before this appears in the Gemara and Brachas. Now we appreciate it. Source number nine. The second half of number nine is the Gemara that we just read about Orech Tov. But what's the line right before that? Who are you, Omer? Kama Yegios Yoga Adamarishon. Achamasa Paslechol. What did Adam have to do for food? Charash v'zara v'katzer v'yamer. He did all the lamed as malachas to bake bread. Bara v'tachan v'hirkid v'lash v'afa v'yakachachal. V'ani mashkim u'motzad kaleilam v'sukhan l'fanai. What do I do? I could go to a bakery and get some bread. It's all there for me. V'kami yigiyos yoga adam arishan shemotzad begid lobosh. What do you have to do to get clothing? He had to shear the wool and then clean it. V'nafbat v'tava v'arag. We are guests in Hashem's world. He's the Balabais. Hachnasas Orchim. We learn from this week's parsha. Life is Hachnasas Orchim. That's an unbelievable thought for us to realize. We are guests in God's house. We have to be good guests. We have to behave ourselves. Can't make it too much of a mess. We can't make too much noise. And we have to recognize how much the balabai is the host does for us. Right? And this is something that very special. Very special thought for us to always have that attitude. And that's what we have to try to do uh, as we go through life every day. Hachnasas orachim. Hachnasas orachim. Okay. Moving right along. Sabar Hashem. Yitzchak Avinu comes onto the scene. And what happens? Perachav uh, Aleph. Right, towards the, uh, again, there's so many stories that we're not focusing on, Yishmael, but towards the end we have Perachaf Aleph Pasik Vav, where are we? Perachaf Aleph Pasik Vav, um, where are we? Avram, Avram is 100 years old, and Sarah says, Schok Asaliyelokim, Kol Shamei Yitzachakli, Vayitvatomer. Sarah says, Mi Mileo La Avraham, Henika Banim Sarah, Kiyalati Ben Luskunav. What are these two phrases? Mi milel Avraham. Who told Avraham? Henika banim Sarah that Sarah nurses children. Kialati ben Luskunav that I had a child in my old age. So the briskarav, the Grizz, says maybe this is based on the Medrash. And this also connects to what we just said that we have to recognize every detail that somebody does for us, especially Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and and thank him for it. The Medrash says, Uberachti Osava Gamnasati Mimena Lachben. Says the Medrash. Uberachti Osava Litain Laben. First phrase, to give her a son. Uberachti Alabirchas Achalov, and I gave her milk. Two Nisim. Hare. Taith Lashte Brachas Vishayis, and there two Nisim. Sir, you're going to have a child, and you're going to be able to nurse the child. Because what good is it to have a child if the child's going to starve in a time period where they didn't have formula? So there's a double nace here. That she had the child, and it wasn't a one-time thing. Her body then rejuvenated itself from 90 years old 
to be able to nurse the child. And that's the double lasha. Achaz v'leidas ben v'achaz v'rechaz v'chalav. V'zesho dasal shnei dvarim. Ki tzchok asali. Musav alaleida. Right? The birth. V'shein is nimila la'avraham inike banim sara. Zeshevach al-birchaz v'chalav. I didn't read the previous Pasuk, but he says those are the two psukim. One on the birth and one on the and one on the chalav. Right, and that's why. What does it say? He made a party on the day that Yitzchak was weaned. What, what, what's so? What's a big party about that? Because that's when that nace finished. That's when that nace finished. He's going to make a party and thank Hakadosh Baruch Hu for it. Again, the important for us is we have to recognize the nisim and the flows, every little detail. Again, childbirth and nurse. It just so happens that when a woman has a baby, all of a sudden Hakadosh Baruch Hu gives them what they need to nourish the child. Right? So, so recognize the gifts that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us. Okay, two more thoughts. Two more thoughts. The first one is from a new Sefer. just got a few weeks ago from the author, Rabbi Emanuel Bernstein, came out with a new Sefer on Chumash. So he sent me a copy, and he has one thought here that is very uh, fascinating. Again, quoting from the Achronim, as he always does. Dimensions in Chumash, that's the name of it. So he talks here about one not even pusik, not even word, not even letter. He talks about a dot. He talks about a dot. Right? What kind of dot? If you look in the pusik, in by Sodom, right, when the Malachim tell Lot, you have to get out of here, there's a dugish, a dot in the tsu, in the tzadi. And my Bernstein points out that there are rules to which letters get a dugesh. There are rules of grammar. Beget kefes at the beginning of a word, right? Those four, le- those six letters. Beis gimel dalad chaf feitaf, right? The letter following a hey that denotes a definite article. Hamalach hasada, the following letter gets a dot. Or the middle root of a letter when a word is used in its uh, intensive form. Shavar is to break, shebear is to smash. Right? And therefore, the, the, to emphasize, it gets a dot in the, met, in the middle. However, by Bernstein points out, there are times when a word has a dugesh that cannot be explained by any of the grammatical rules. In these instances, even experts on grammar, on diktuk, can't explain it. Why? Because it's not there for grammar. In these instances, the commentaries explain that the Dugish has been employed for extra grammatical purposes to lend emphasis of a narrative nature or otherwise. It's for some other reason. Like in our Parsha. What do we have? Vayomer, Kumu, right? Lot tells his sons-in-law and tells them to leave. Kumu, Tzu, the city's getting destroyed. Tzu, and there's a dogish in the tzadi, as if to say, he quotes from the Nitziv. The Nitziv says, you know what, that dogish is there for emphasis. He's not just telling them to leave, he's telling to them, get out! To emphasize. The dot for emphasis. Or similarly, he quotes from the Maharal. When Moshe Rabbeinu was born, right, the first three months, he was hidden by his mother. Hidden by his mother, remember, he was born three months early. He was born in the six, after six months, and then when he became big enough, they, they looked around, and they were going to find him. So what happened? She couldn't hide him anymore. She put him in a basket, and put the basket into the, into the suf, 
into the uh, into the uh, the Nile. But in the Tzadi of Hatsvino, there's a dot there. Why is there a dot there? Right? That doesn't a dot doesn't belong there. Says the Maharal. The Dagish is there to express with intense our intensity with which she tried to hide him. She tried to hide him so much, Hatsvino, but then it was just it was just nothing else until the point that it became absolutely impossible to do so any longer. Even in halacha, that's in terms of just narrative. But sometimes in halacha, you find it too. Amazing, putting all these together. Quotes from Rav Shamshim Rafal Hirsch. I give you this. I give you the sources because he just quotes them. Right when we have in Parshas Emar a description of the special carbon brought on Shavuos, the Shtei Halechem. Two special breads. It was made out of chametz, very unusual. The two breads were brought. So, Mimoshvosechem, Taviu, Lechem, Tenufa. So, there also, right, in the Aleph of Taviu, there's a dot. What's that doing there? What's the dot doing in the Aleph? Says of Shamshun Rafal Hirsch. Sometimes we have a joint carbon. We have an animal with some bread. For example, a carbon toda. Karbatot is an animal with 40 loaves. A nausea. But, well, not now. But um, by the Shtei HaLechem, Refer says, the conceptual relationship between the two parts is different than all other times. Usually the animal is the Iker and the breads are secondary. The Shtei HaLechem, though, is the Iker here. The breads are the Iker and the carbon. The shlamin that goes along with these breads, that's secondary. When it comes to the shealechem, the relationship is reversed. The loaves are considered primary, while the animals which accompany them are described in the following verse are secondary. To emphasize the primary halachic status, there's a dot. There's a dot there in the Aleph, Taviu, Lechem. So why is it in the Lamed? Okay. But either way, we see from here, dots in, dots out, Dots missing. This we mentioned in the past. We had an amazing thought from Rav Schwab. We mentioned five, six years ago, the end of the last Pasuk in Matos. Remember that? Novach Bishmo. And there's an extra dot there. There's, there's not a dot there. Either way, the message is, Kaddish Baruch communicates to us not only with sentences, not only with words, but even with dots. And Chazal picked up on it. And the Mepharshim picked up on it and learned messages from there. Right? Even the little crown, the little crowns on the top of the letters, Rabbi Akiva Darshan, mountains and mountains of halachos from those little crowns that were on the letters. We don't know those halachos, but he darshan. Okay, one final message for the evening. He gives other examples, but we're not going to do it. One final thought. Amr Avinu here, right before the Akedah, we're not going to get to the Akedah tonight. We've spoken about it often in the past. Amr Avinu makes a, a treaty. Amr Avinu makes a treaty, a covenant, right before the Akedah with Avimelech and Fichol. Avimelech and Fichol, the Sartzava, the, um, the head of the army. Hishavali, right, that's why Beersheva. Beersheva is from the word, not seven, but the Shavua that was taken, Beersheva. And the question that the Mepharshim wonder is twofold. Number one, how did Avram Avinu make a covenant, make a treaty? Are you not allowed to make treaties with, with um, about Eretz Yisrael, giving away parts of Eretz Yisrael? It's very serious. There's a rush bomb here. But that's the question, A. And B, how did his Shavuah bind me? He wasn't like a country. If you have a country that makes a treaty, so the next generation is bound by that treaty. That's just the way the countries work. 
But Avram was an individual. So he made a treaty. So how is his treaty binding on the future generations? And how is he even allowed to make the treaty? So just two hours. There's a set of svarim called the Mishpitzo Zahav. Which is on Navi and Ksuvim. He's a rav in uh, Yerushalayim. Likut. Contemporary Likut. He quotes. He quotes from the Chubas Maram Shik on Sefer Yehoshua. A simple thought, but it has to be said. How did his shvua, his treaty, bind the future generations? Because we have the stories of Nevi'im later on, that it's bound. The Aftakas of Rivash, even though Rivash says, Kabbalos and Xeros of Arabim, Mikamakam, Shvuas Hayachid, Ech Yotzechalas Mukhuyavim. He was a Yachid, he was one person, he wasn't a country. Line five, the little letters. You know what you have to say? Avram wasn't a yachid. Who was Klai Yisrael in the days of Avraham? Him and Sarah. That was the whole nation. But halachically, they had the status of the whole nation. And therefore, just like a nation makes a treaty, it's bi- it's bound, it binds all of the future generations, so to Abraham it binds. Message number one. The other message, he quotes from the Tzitzel Yezer in the second paragraph. And how did he make this covenant? Right, isn't there an Isser in the Torah? You can't make covenants to the nations that live, the Canaanim. So he has a very creative thought. He says, maybe... That Isser of making other covenants was after we had a covenant with Hashem at Harsinai. Once we have that bris, can't make any more brisot. If it was before that, okay, then, then you have a little more flexibility. And even though he was a guy called Tarakula, but here this one was Tolui with the bris in the future, so it didn't make any sense to be bound by this if by definition it was just because we only can be connected to one being. And that's HaKadosh Baruch Hu, not to any other country, not to any other um, nation. So we recognize the Avos were a full, the Avos were all of Klai Yisrael, and he bounds, he bounds all future generations. But again, we take everything that he gave us, right? All the power to pass our Nisyonos was, was put into us by Klai, by Avram Avinu. And we, we cherish these Parshios where we get to analyze the greats of our nation, in order to be able to learn how we should live our lives ourselves. Okay, we'll stop here. And again, today's year, we thank the Cook family for sponsoring the uh, shear. Again, Dr. Milton Cook, Moshe Ben Yosef, by Arthur and Linda Cook and family. Neshama should have an opportunity.